So, Bruce, the culture's really good, huh? You asshole. Grassy Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to an episode of Packcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but at least you don't work for the Redskins management. Oh, wait, sorry, that's not the intro. I'm your host, Tom. YouTube is totally going to demonetize this video. Grassy. And yeah, let's talk about it. So, for the past four days, we're just going to jump right into this. For the past four days, the media has hyped this story, which let's talk about that for a hot second, and I'll circle back, which is just wrong. It makes sense on one end that you want to make sure that the legality is correct, that the accusations are correct, that you're reaching out to the team, which they did to try and, you know, get some response from them, some comment, etc. But you basically have people in the media who basically took false information and just ran with it and created such a crap storm online that when the story actually came out, some of the first reactions to the story was, that's it, which is so infuriating because it not only takes away from the victims of the story, but at the same time, I think it also highlights how freaking numb as a society we are to these kinds of stories because we just see them over and over and over again. But we'll talk about the media's role in this in a bit. Let's talk about the actual story because that's what's important here. So... The Washington Post released an article today that was detailing how 15 women accused Redskins executives of sexual harassment. So I'm going to kind of just go through the basics of the stories. I'm going to talk about the guys that were named and what they were accused of and what actions either the organization took or what has happened to their jobs since then. Now, in response to this story, the team has also hired Wilkinson Walsh, which is a law firm, to conduct an independent review and also set new employee standards which has essentially been much needed for over a decade because these accusations go from 2006 all the way up to 2019, which means that Dan Snyder has been there for the entirety of it because he bought the team in May of 1999. These accusations basically fall into two categories, either one, unwelcome sexual comments or pressure for women to dress flirtatiously, provocative to basically close sales deals. So I'm going to go through each person, what they're accused of, and what has happened to them. So number one, Larry Michael, who is the voice of the Washington Redskins. He's also the senior VP of content. He was accused of making sexual comments towards seven different employees. He retired this past Wednesday when the Post reached out and informed him of these accusations, just basically saying, I'm moving on. Then you had Alex Santos, who was the team's director of pro personnel, accused by six former employees and two reporters of inappropriate comments about their bodies and constantly pursuing a relationship with many of them, who was fired this past week as soon as the Washington Post approached the team about this story. Then you had Richard Mann II, who was the assistant director of pro personnel, texted a female employee to expect an inappropriate hug and discuss the validity of a co-worker's breasts. Then you had Dennis Green, who implored women to flirt and dress in tight skirts and provocative clothing to close sale deals. And he was ousted by the Redskins in 2018 after the news broke that he had sold access to Redskins cheerleaders. If you are not familiar with that story, and that's something that Dan Snyder got wrapped up in it as well, apparently they went out to Costa Rica 
they brought the Washington Redskins cheerleader squad and basically they made them pose for a calendar and they basically sold access to the cheerleaders to season ticket holders and it basically was described as pimping them out. And finally, you had Mitch Gershman who was accused of sexual and verbal harassment who left the organization in 2015. Now, it is very important to note that no women accused Bruce Allen or Dan Snyder of sexual harassment. However, Allen sat 30 feet away from Emily Applegate, who is one of the accusers, and said that he had saw her crying multiple times at her desk and said nothing. So basically implying that there was no way that he wasn't aware of what was going on. Other accusations included employees looking up women's skirts while they were heading down the stairs and they were doing this blatantly and openly. Now talking about how the organization actually handled this, they apparently only had one full-time staffer for their HR department and it basically was non-existent. There was no reporting process. They hired a new HR manager in 2019. Another point that's very, very important is these women didn't just ignore it. Instead, there were women who made the complaints when it happened. They made complaints about Santos and nothing happened. A reporter even informed the VP of communications and said that he Santos was disciplined, but not how. In addition, in 2018, there was a complaint against Larry Michael after a video was recorded of him discussing a female coworker, which was deleted from the hard drive by the team attorney once they got a hold of the video. And you can read the entire article online, but basically the theme was that the culture was horrific towards women, that women were just expected to take this and that this is what came with the job. They were instructed and mentored by many other female veteran workers to basically say, this is what to expect. These are the people you don't go near. These are the stairs you don't go down because men are going to try and look up your skirts, etc. Now, Ron Rivera has come out and said that basically there's an open door policy with no retribution for their employees because his daughter works for the team and he will not accept that. And basically he's attempting to change the culture there, wants to focus on the future and not really the past and wants to move past this. Now, a few points that I want to touch on. One, let's talk about the media's role in this. You had many predominant media figures who were either given false information or spread false information. There are reports out there that Dan Snyder was bribing officials one of $2 million to try and influence games. Obviously, that either wasn't enough or they were bribing incorrectly because they didn't really win too many games, but there was nothing in the article about that. Gruden was involved online. Nothing about that in the article. There was talks about sex parties and drug use by Dan Snyder. None of that was in the story whatsoever. So when the story actually came out, people looked at this and go, wait a minute, where's the bribing of the refs? Where's the, all the crazy stuff I read online? And the problem with that is basically it completely shuts down what these women were talking about. Because obviously within the Washington franchise, there is a terrible misogynistic culture where 15 women spoke up and said, hey, this is beyond wrong. It was miserable for me to go to work. Women were gathering in the bathroom to cry and talk about how terrible it was. And women did not want to work in sports ever again after this experience. So the problem is, is if you're reading this and saying, ah, oh, that's it. No, that is the complete and total wrong approach to have. 
Instead, this is horrific. This is terrible. And this is something that should not be happening in 2020. This is something that should not be happening in any workplace. Having to deal with sexual harassment and all of this crap should not be the price that women have to pay to work in any industry, especially the sports industry. And moving to the question that is on everybody's mind, what happens to Dan Snyder? Because while Dan Snyder wasn't named as a harasser in this article, Basically, it's saying that he was aware of it. And the problem with that is that as the owner of the organization, it is up to you to set that culture. And if this is going on for a period of 13 years, and that's just what the article is covering, that is a serious problem. It was a serious problem a few years ago when the New York Times came out with the whole freaking pimping out cheerleaders issue. And so I see a lot of people disappointed that this is not going to kick Snyder out, that the NFL is not going to turn around and force him to sell the franchise, which I think is is absolutely horrible in its own right because we're saying, oh, it was just sexual harassment. That's not enough to get this guy out. If you are a manager, owner, teacher, any kind of person in authority, and your employees are doing this, and it's not just one of them, it's multiple then that ultimately falls on you. Yes, that employee is a problem. And listen, some of them were fired. Some of them were fired as soon as this story came out and some of them just unexpectedly retired. But the problem is, is when you have a culture in which people are constantly sexually harassing women so blatantly and out in the open. They were talking about how Santos was driving up to women and was basically commenting on their ass, that he was pinching women and trying to sleep with them, all of this stuff. And he is the team director of pro personnel. And there's complaint after complaint and nothing is done about it. You have team lawyers deleting videos off hard drives. That ultimately falls at the feet of Dan Snyder. Because even after all of this, there were no measures that were taken to fix the problem. And so my biggest concern is that this dominated airwaves for four days. The lead up and build up to the story, the story came out and people's reaction were, oh, that's it. That's the kind of reaction that allows this kind of crap to continue. Washington is currently undergoing a name change, and I want to make something very, very clear. Regardless of how you feel about the name, the only reason this name is getting changed is not because Dan Snyder just had an epiphany one day and was like, oh, this name could be problematic after people have been complaining for years. The problem is, is that you had sponsors who were pulling money, and you have minority shareholders who are threatening to sell their share in the team. It is hurting Snyder in his pockets. That is the only reason that the name is getting changed. And guess what? He's gonna make money on all this new merchandise, whatever the team's name is going to be. Dan Snyder has proven year in and year out that he is a terrible owner. And I'm not talking about just what he puts on the football field. I'm talking about behind closed doors, the New York Times story, the culture that is being set there, the disregard for players, and all of this stuff just shows a complete and total disregard for employees, whether they're the ones who wear helmets and go on the field or the ones that are marketing their products to fans. I wanna make something very clear. The whole idea that is a foundational aspect of our society, that innocent until proven guilty, yes, 100%. These are allegations. However, the problem is the organization knew about this 
received these complaints and then went and deleted them or did nothing about it and then only fired a guy like Santos after the story was going to come out. So no, 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 the organization is guilty here. And honestly, I'm not gonna explain to you why you should care about women equality in the workplace and not have to subject them to sexual harassment. I'm not gonna get on here about, well, think of your daughter or your wife or your sister or your mom, no. I shouldn't have to make that personal connection to you to say, hey, think of your mom to, for you to actually give a crap about a stranger and them actually having a decent workplace and being able to go out and do a job where they're not sexually harassed every day. No, you just don't do it. That's it, it's plain and simple. And if it's happening, you punish the individuals who are doing it. And if this goes 13 years without any serious repercussions, then that falls on the management. This falls on Dan Snyder. Bruce Allen's not there anymore. He was fired last year. But Dan Snyder is responsible for enabling and allowing this culture to happen. Do I think he's going to get kicked out? Unfortunately, probably not. Because this story's already gonna be forgotten about by the time tomorrow hits, which is very, very sad. I think Ron Rivera coming into the organization is a great step. I like Ron Rivera a lot. He seems to have a ton of integrity. I have not found a person in the NFL to basically bash this guy and said that it's been a pleasure working with him. He has great moral values. And I think that he can change the culture of the organization. But it shouldn't take 13 years and a Washington Post article to force that change. And if you were a responsible, good owner, this would have already happened. So in short, no, it's not the refs receiving bribes from owners. It's not sex drug-fueled parties. It's sexual harassment, which is still really bad and something that people need to be held accountable for. And I really hope the narrative doesn't turn into, well, all these people within the organization are gone because that's great. There needs to be a culture shift. And for me, that starts at the top. We'll see what happens, though. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com or at TomGrossyComedy on all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and, of course, YouTube. And a big shout-out and thank you to all the Patreon members over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy. And as always, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!